Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Yeah, we're continuing with the same thing today, Matthew 19. A story of a rich young guy that came and asked Jesus a question. He called him good teacher. And he says, what do I do to obtain eternal life? We've looked at the Matthew account. We've looked at the Mark account. We're going to look at the Luke account of today. And in Luke, it starts with verse 18 of the 18th chapter. And it says, a ruler questioned him. So that's where we get the phrase, the rich young ruler. Okay, It's sort of a, a compilation of all the various gospel accounts to see what the a totality of what it is the Lord wants us to know about this event is. So in verse 18, a ruler questioned Jesus saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And again, let me just reiterate the importance of that question. He's saying, hey, what do I need to do? We saw in Mark how he ran up to Jesus. He knelt before him. He called him good. Even to the degree that Jesus was uh, responding to him by question and saying, hey, are you equating me with God? Is that what you're saying? Verse 19, and Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So, you know, is the inference right there that, hey, are you calling me God? Are you saying I'm God? Because we all know that there's no one good but God alone. You're calling me good, so therefore you're calling me God, right? Is that what's going on here? Well, Jesus didn't press that matter. He just continued. Verse 20, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness honor your father and mother. And those things are all repeated in all three uh, accounts in the Gospels. Matthew also says that he added, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And as we mentioned in the, uh, when we were going through the Matthew account, that all these things have to do with how you relate to fellow human beings. Notice Jesus didn't say anything about how you relate to God. Just fellow human beings. Verse 21. And the man said, All these things I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack. Now, remember the guy had asked him that in, in the Matthew account. He says, What is it I am lacking? So Jesus says, Oh, here's the one thing you lack. Sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. <clears throat> so what was the one thing that he lacked? Think about that for a moment. What was it that he lacked? He lacked following Jesus. Jesus says, come and follow me. Jesus told him, sell all this stuff, give it to the poor, you know, and you're going to have treasure in heaven. Exchange your treasure on, her, on earth for treasure in heaven. Your treasure on earth here is keeping you from following me. It's keeping you from having treasure in heaven. And it's actually one of the Ten Commandments. You are coveting things. Verse 23. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. So Luke says that he's extremely rich. The other one just said that he had uh, great wealth or something like He owned much property, that type of thing. Verse 24. And Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now notice the nuance here. Here in verse 24, it says, And Jesus looked at him. He's saying this to the young man. 
in Mark, Mark said, and Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is. In Matthew, it says, when the young man heard this, he went away. And then Jesus says to the disciples, truly I say to you, it's a hard thing for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of heaven. So the idea is this, I believe, that when this man said this, Jesus looks right at him and says, it's hard for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. And we've covered why that is, because they're dependent upon their ability. They're dependent upon their wealth, upon their skill, uh, whether it's to attain wealth, <coughs> to use that to buy their way into heaven, or the, uh, the mind that the Lord has given us, to understand the Lord has given us, to understand the kingdom of heaven and where we can enter into. And that's not how you do it. Jesus continues over in, in Luke verse 25 and says this, For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Regardless of what your riches are, you may have religious riches. Okay, You think you're entering the kingdom of God because you've been in church your whole life and your family's been in church your whole life and your family name's on the church, okay? I know churches, you walk down and you see the family names on the pews. You see the family names uh, on the stained glass windows. You see the family names on the, uh, the musical instruments. You see the family names all up and down the halls, like walking through mausoleums. I mean, it's just a, it's a sad thing. That will not get you into heaven, okay? Will not get you into heaven. So the disciples heard this, verse 26. They heard it and they said, then who can be saved? You know, that sort of shows us that they were sort of thinking along the same line, you know, that you, you do this stuff and then you're found to be righteous. You know, when Peter came, comes along, he's about to do it again, and he asks these, this thing, makes a statement, says, well, Master, we left everything. What do we get for it? <laughs> you know, it shows that they had the same basic mindset. What do we need to do? Well, we did it. We left, so we expect to get a lot out of this. So disciples say, who then can be saved? Jesus says this in verse 27. The things that are impossible with people are possible with God. That's a very, very encouraging thing, verse right there. It may be impossible with people, and it is impossible with people. It's impossible in the flesh. But with God, it is possible. The Lord says that through the Scripture two or three or four different times in different ways. He says, with God, all things are possible. And we go, yay. He also says, there is nothing impossible with God. So from the positive, both the positive and the negative, he speaks of Nothing impossible, all things possible with God. Peter said, Behold, we've left our own homes and followed you. <laughs> well, good for you, Peter. You know, that's how you want to respond. Good boy, good boy, good boy. You know, good. I'm glad you did that. Ah, Jesus is so long suffering. Verse 28, 9. And Jesus said to him, Truly, I say to you, there's no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times as much at this time and the age to come, eternal life. And we saw that in a previous episode with Mark, how much you get, a hundredfold. Uh, in other words, I'm going to provide for you here. doesn't mean you're going to have a hundred houses, but it means that we're going to be a body of Christ, and if you need a house, you need somewhere to stay, doors will be open. Okay? He's saying in this age and in the age to come, you will have eternal life. Profound truths for us, folks, for us to understand, for us to live by, to be forewarned about. Don't put your trust in your flesh, in your ability, etc., etc. Only in the Most High God. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.